Hi, this is a black man in intentions, and I'm your host, Kwame Hodasieni. So, I'm so amazed about the numbers. I'm so happy about people listening. I'm so happy about the feedbacks I'm getting. It's so encouraging to do it. And also, people are learning a thing or two about myself. And I've got questions saying that, why don't you say, tell us about who you are? But it's a story, and I hope you stick to it and listen. Because at the end of it, you know definitely who I am and the challenges I've been through. And some of the challenges will help you as an individual if you are if you are going through them. And some of them too will make you understand why people do what they do. Because their intentions and these intentions are what makes us who we are. So not to deviate from topic, today we are talking about the immigrant. So I was thinking about it and I was asking myself, where do I fit into that description of an immigrant? And I'm... Um, Looking at definitions, and there's somebody that some people that travel from far and near to a different country for whatsoever reasons, out of war, for greener pastures, and also for circumstances beyond control. But then, my travel or my migration from Ghana to Italy was because I didn't click with my dad. I know a lot of people are struggling with their parents, but just I trust that whatever situation you're facing with your parents you'll be able to solve them anyways so as I said getting to easily I was thinking about ciao bella come stay. how are you doing enjoy the pasta enjoy the food enjoy the tourism but that wasn't it rather it was something else speaking to friends I missed my accommodation the first time I got there because they had a window in which you had to apply for accommodation and I missed it so I met two Ghanaians and they became my best friends in Italy and still are my close friends. And one of them, luckily, had um, this uncle that had an accommodation. And he said, you can sleep in my room and I'll sleep in the couch. But we'll find a place for the for you guys to, to stay during your duration of study. And imagine three guys sleeping on a, a double bed. That was, that was something else. But then... I think at that point in time, racism hadn't hit me to that core. I, I was saying that, oh, probably just one person that is just being racist in Italy. So, my journey through Italy was a very tough one. It made me realize that life wasn't that easy as it was. And it made me realize that what I had was better than what I had thrown away to come for this. And not saying that I didn't make good friends. I made lovely friends. I made great friends. I made some friends. Friends that I will, I still talk to. Friends that I still get, keep contact with. But um, one of the things that Italy made me realize that it made me also start to live a life of a lie. Because I would speak to my friends back at home, post pictures back up on social media. I would look like I was living a better life, but not... That was the opposite. I was struggling. Um, I remember there was one day that that was a point where I said, nah, this is racism. This is this has hit me to the core. And the thing was that mostly in every, I don't know, maybe some people listening might have experienced this, but every black person who sits in an Italian train is being checked for ticket. Regardless of what, they'll pass a white man and check you for ticket. At first I thought, oh, they're just doing their job. But nah, it's like, you are being singled out to be checked for ticket 
And I'm not going to lie, some people didn't pay for tickets. So you see a lot, a lot of black people moving from left to right, um, running away from the conductor so that they'll just jump on the train. But putting that aside, there was one time I was traveling from Parma to Milan and there was this old lady standing beside me. And I told the old lady, there's an MTC beside me, so would you like to sit down? She said, no. And the no that she said wasn't in the fact that she just wanted to stand, but the no that she said meant to me that I don't want to sit with you. And bear in mind, from Parma to Milan, it's not a small journey. The lady actually stood in the train for that duration and never sat down until we got to Milan. I was so disgusted to the, the core. I felt and ashamed that I, it's, the, it's my black contagious. Would it make you sick so that you wouldn't sit beside me? Just took down the chin and left. Another time I was coming from Casa Maggiore to Parma. And there was this lady that was also looking for a place to sit. And I said, there's a seat beside me. She didn't. She just stood and just ignored me. We were about to get off. And she was continuing. So I just stood up going to the exit. Turning my back to see what was going to happen. She wiped my seat. Put a rag on it. And sat down. And I was like. Can black be so disgusting that you don't want to even sit on my seat? Wow. That was how it started. I would look for jobs and never get. Even to wash dishes, I would never get. One day I entered the shop and at that time, I couldn't speak Italian fluently. So I get there and I was speaking English. And the guy told me in English, until you can speak Italian, don't come to my shop. I was like, wow. And he didn't serve us. So I had to get a friend who could speak Italian for the person to get me something from the shop. And this went on and on. We wouldn't get jobs. We were struggling. We couldn't even make money for ourselves because it was hard. And one day I had to call my dad and I told my dad, Dad, I'm struggling. Dad, I can't do this. I want to come back home and I'm still sorry for what I've done. And my dad said, this is the opportunity for you to be a man and show your courage. You'll be fine. Because if it's God's will for you to be there, he'll make a way. If it's not, he'll bring you back home. But I'll support you with what I have. And that made me love my dad for that. Because imagine your parent back at home sending you money to Europe. That's just 15 or 14 times. Or at that point, I've got an extra wage, but it's still more. And my dad was doing this every month till I got on my feet. We were still looking for jobs. We couldn't find jobs. I was still posting on social media, making life look like everything was okay. And one day, we said, let's take our bicycle around and see if we could get any job. I applied for to pick tomatoes. I couldn't get that job to pick tomatoes. I applied for whatever you can imagine. Still couldn't get it. And we met some Ghanaian boys on bicycle. We asked them, like, why are you going? They said, oh, we pack stuff into containers for people to ship to Ghana. That's the job we do. And they pay us 50 euro every week. So if you want to do it, you can join us. And I looked at my friend and I just laughed and I said that, what can we lose at this point in time? This is where we are now and there's no money coming in or going anywhere. If it's for us to do this container job, let's just do it. Let's just help go and join them. So we started packing containers. It was a hard job. And packing tires, packing bicycle, washing machines, whatever you can imagine 
recarried and packed them into a hard labor and they paid that just 50 euro for maybe a job that we did for like 12 hours or 18 hours or whatever almost a whole day we finished at six o'clock because we went there like around 6 a.m and we finished at 6 p.m just 30 minutes break to just have a drink or two that was so pathetic and what made me realize that people traveled and lived a life of a um the life of a liar or being hypocrites or being facade was when I encountered it by myself. I traveled one time, I was in Italy, and I said, no, I'm tired of this. I saved some money, and I went back to Ghana. People see me and call me, oh, Italian boga, oh, Italiano. But I was struggling. (laughs) In my head, I was like, you don't know what I'm going through. I was struggling. And I would just go with it. I would just lie about it. Sometimes I wouldn't go out. And the reason why I wouldn't go out was because I didn't want to associate, because I didn't have the money to go out. So, because I budgeted my money coming to Ghana, so I was like, you know what? This is how I'm going to go about it, so I'm not going to fool about. So, basically, I kept myself to a strict budget till I came back to Italy. So, I came back to Italy and I got that opportunity to do an exchange program in Vietnam, and that was good. But prior to that, I was dating this girl, and I told her I'm going to Vietnam. And she was like, yeah, that's good. But she's also got an opportunity to go and study in the United Kingdom. In my mind, I was like, now, nah, if you go, you're going to meet some other brother that you would leave me. So I don't want you to go. I, I like the girl. Then I was being on enough for day. But eventually, if you love somebody, you make them do whatever they want to do. You don't hold them back. So I was like, yeah, you know what? Go for it. I went to Vietnam, the conversation was long, but when I got to Vietnam, I loved it. Vietnamese people are amazing. They are the best people I've ever met in my life. They accepted us. They took us for who we were. They didn't care whether black or white. They they spoke to you regardless. They wanted to know more about your culture, where you're coming from, the country you're coming from. And that was amazing. That was lovely. And I felt so good about it. I remember the first time I went to a barber shop and this Vietnamese guy cut a black man's hair for the first time. He was so amazed. He was touching my hair like, wow, what's this? How It feels so soft. I'm sorry. Let me give you the opportunity. I'm the first black man you've cut the hair, so enjoy it. That was so good, and that was the greatest experience I had in Vietnam. So fast forward, um, I was about to finish my exchange program, and the lady I was dating had left to the UK. So I was like, you know what? Let me just apply for a United Kingdom visa. And go and visit. Apply for it. I got the visa. I get to Bologna Airport, about to board my flight, and immigration was so tight and they were scrutinizing me like I see if I was a drug dealer. And I was like, "What is this?" Then, lo and behold, uh, my name got mentioned. That was the first time my name was mentioned at the airport. And the, the air hostess came. Is there anything that is holding this guy from flying because it's about to delay the flight? And the immigration guy said, the custom guy said, no, there's nothing. Then she said, let him pass then. Then I passed. We're sitting in this flight, Ryanair from Bologna. When we were about to leave, everybody Italian, they don't speak. Because I wasn't speaking Italian fluently. I could speak what I could use to go by, by my way. Speaking Italian to themselves. They wouldn't even engage with you that that. And we were in the air, we got to the United Kingdom, and the pilot was like, thank you for flying Ryanair. 
We are 10 minutes away from Luton Airport. And it was lovely flying with you. Everybody in the flight started speaking English. I was like, wait, what? I didn't say people I actually traveled with. It's different. Then we touched down. The doors open. I'm about to get down. And I get down and I see a black person working at the airport. I was like, nah, this is not this is not the UK. This is not Europe. This is somewhere else. Because bear in mind, I come from Bologna. And the only place that black people work are cleaning and pushing trolleys. For a black person to bring the stairs to the flight, that's not, that's not right. And I see an Indian person working as well. I said, nah, 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 nah. I'm in the wrong place. I get down, I get to immigration. And some black guy stamping my passport. And I was like, nah, this is not, I'm, I'm shocked. And I was said to myself, I need to be in this country. I love this country. And I was so amazed about the fact that I was treated not as anybody, but I was treated for me as a human being. I was asked questions not based on whether I was a drug dealer or I was coming to see Queen Apaches or anything. I was asked, what's your purpose coming? Enjoy your visit and take care. That was all. And that was so attaching. I was so amazed. And sometimes when I think about, when I go out and I think about life in Italy, I was like, I don't want to be in Italy again. I want to be here. So that was how my journey as an immigrant started. So on the next episode, we'll talk about my life in the United Kingdom. But all I want to say on this episode is that people, friends, people in travel, friends that you might know in travel, some of them are not as what they show. People are actually struggling outside. People are not finding it easy. So sometimes you get friends, people demanding for things that some people, wherever they have to go and look for wherever you're demanding from, it's not easy for them. So sometimes just bear with them and understand them. And people who also open up and just say the truth of what they are facing and stop living a lie of facade because the more you lie about your circumstance the more you build a picture of yourself that you are not and to continue to live that lie is difficult because every time you have to make a lie and it becomes like a rope and it's going to pull you down so once again thank you very much for always signing up and actually listening to the podcast I'm re- I really appreciate the numbers and you know what God bless and have a lovely day take care bye